From MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. We are back. We are a dirt-filled podcast. <laughs> As Cor- we usually are. Cor- of course, I mean the red dirt. Yeah. Oh, okay. Welcome to the revolution, everybody. Corey, what's going on, buddy? Not much. How are you? You over there tapping your shoes, getting the clay off your feet before <laughs> yes. you serve? We're in here on Mother's Day, the orphan podcast. The orphan podcast. Listen, this entire building is empty. It's a building that probably has, there's at least 20 people in here give or take every Sunday when we record it's a it's a there's studio space there's artistic space there's other rental space but it's a it's a happening place even on Sundays not today everyone in this building is gone that's called dedication that is called dedication 52 weeks a year baby or piss poor (laughs) not (laughs) Uh, having anything else to do (laughs) no regard for our mothers and wife Right. Why, well, your wife's not a mother yet. No, not that I know of. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, off the rails already. Shit. <laughs> well, we're happy to be here. We had some monumental tennis this week. Do I dare put you on the spot and ask you if you watched one bit of it? <laughs> I did. Did I, you? I did. Did you? And it wasn't, Jaziri was not playing every match this week. So now you, uh, watch. so you uh, did not watch any women's. I would no, imagine because so. it wasn't on Tennis Channel. We're still without BN. Uh, <laughs> we got to get you DirecTV. I have that. That's I, that's what I understand. How I don't have that channel. <laughs> you have to do something. I have like a hundred and fifty dollar package. DirecTV is not going to sponsor us because I'm paying hundred and fifty dollars a month and I don't have BN. Unbelievable. How is that possible? You got to double check that. No. I don't know. Maybe I, don't I just know. got to call. I got to call him. Something. Call him. Call in. DirecTV. Call in if you can help but us see, out. Then what, what excuse will I use if I don't watch once I call them? That's a good point. That's a good point. And, <laughs> gotta, and gotta ulti- plan these things out. Well, and ultimately, is it worth getting BN? <laughs> no. <laughs> Why are you laughing? You make me sound like an asshole when you start laughing. That's not funny. No, I didn't say anything. No comment whatsoever. No, I. Uh, what I meant to say, what I mean by that, I, 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 I. No, what I mean by that is it may not be worth it because you turn on the damn thing and there's some. 1978 uh, <laughs> documentary on some soccer horse shit. Yeah, uh, that's when what ten- we talked about. It wasn't. It wasn't live. They went ESPN two style, Ugh. tape delayed. Ugh. Oh, it pissed me off. That's, it pissed me off. You don't see that very often in 2018. Oh, it, it. But you realize more and more the flaws that the tennis channel has. You realize more and more. Wow, we're we're really fortunate to have <laughs> a ta- a channel dedicated to men's, albeit to men's tennis. Uh, dedicated to, to tennis only, and a little squash and badminton. And yeah, the problems are always relative. That's the thing. You yeah. can uh, you can find somewhere worse to broadcast. Yeah, BN, BN is a disaster. Well, it's they, like when they used to show those uh, legends or what do they call it, champion series on like Fox Sports Southwest. Q, 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 Q. <laughs> so these are still, you know, Tennis Channel still has a leg up on a few different uh, avenues. Yeah. Oh, my God. By the way. Speaking of QQQQ. Um, Was there a tournament in Jingzhou? <laughs> yeah, QQQQ tournament in Jingzhou. <laughs> no. Um, so it, it, it goes on all year round. There's really no defined 
there's not a, it's all exhibition, so there's no right. defined season or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it just kind of it's like oh. The think, didn't Q- we do a long podcast bashing that series that never aired? <laughs> did we? <laughs> I think we uh I think we saved it and never used it. Or did so it people get... don't even know what we're talking about necessarily. Oh yeah. Well, I, I don't remember at all. And, and if <laughs> it did air, it was back in the olden days when we had no listeners. So right. it's all changed now. So um so the QQQQ uh power share series, I'll give them the love they they deserve. Um it used to be Outback. That's what I, I didn't even know it changed. Yeah. Well, matter of fact, when I went to one, it was held at uh, SMU. Okay. And it was, uh, they were a sponsor. And so I was inside the sponsor's tent and they had Outback. Now, I don't eat meat, so it didn't help a whole lot. <laughs> but, you know, they had, you know, potatoes and whatnot. Right. Uh, anyway. An onion? Yeah. Uh, no, they didn't. Pasta. They had some kind of pasta with <laughs> no chicken. Yeah, I went to one in North Texas area, Frisco, and it was at the Star Center, I think, where they the Dallas Stars practice. Yep. And I think it was still the Outback series. Yep, they uh, they covered the well. They drain you know they drain the ice and it's a concrete floor and they just put down just like they do in the American Airlines Center in downtown Dallas. They, you know they have yeah. ice and basketball and the same uh, hockey and basketball on the same. Floor. Do you think Courier's holding out for when five years from now that the Champions Tour is better than the current tour? <laughs> <laughs> that is not an angle that should have been that should have been Corey's corner today. Son you of a bitch. Federer and Adal, Murray and Djokovic on the Champions Tour, and then you got, you know, Jack Sock and John Isner on the ATP. So uh, which right. one are you going to watch? So the QQQQ, uh, no, there's only three Qs, um, <laughs> whatever it's called. And what do those stand for? Invesco, Invesco Series QQQ. Uh, I don't know. I think it's a stock symbol of something. Hmm. Quitter, quitter, quitter? <laughs> no. Inve- Invesco is something to do with it? I don't know. All right, so let me read you. All right, the 2018 players, okay? And you tell me which of these don't belong. (laughs) (laughs) Probably a lot of them. Okay, so Andy Roddick, we know he's been on there. Yeah. Jim Courier, I know that guy. Okay. Mark Philippousis, the scud, and that dating game thing or whatever it was, The Bachelor. Age of Love, yes. Age of Love. Uh, Marty Fish, huh? Did I say Jim Courier? Yeah, McEnroe's in there you, occasionally. Come on, man, Michael <laughs> Michael Chang and John McEnroe. Yeah, which of these doesn't belong? Remember that old yeah in like the highlights magazine or something? Well, Marty Fish never made the semis of any Grand Slam. Yeah, but he would still beat the shit out of McEnroe if it was real. <laughs> just, uh, just annihilate. That was the gist of our whole just annihilate podcast. Well, it just pisses me off because Tommy Haas. Now, actually, it doesn't piss me off. Let me re. All right, so Tommy Haas is now on the Old Man series while he's also a tournament director for you know whatever. It sounds like he's the only non-American playing. Uh, Philippus. No, I guess he's not American. Yeah, he's. I guess uh, he's the only non-English speaking. Yeah, although he speaks English, yeah, quite lovely. Um, so he's on there and I guess he played, uh, by the way, he's leading, as you might imagine, the most recent professional. I think he beat Federer last year too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so he played McEnroe recently in something <laughs> in this thing. I don't know. This, this, this is the match you always love. I don't know. It was a final. I don't know what it was. It doesn't matter. But you know, really what he had to say about it was it was an honor to play such a legend, so on and so forth. And guess what? I believe him. <laughs> I buy it. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if I got to, you know, I stood on a court with McEnroe yeah. as he told me to get off his court <laughs> at his facility in New York City when I was recruiting. Um, but 
Uh, other than that, I, yeah, it would be a huge honor to play with somebody who's an all-time Hall of Fame great tennis player. Yeah. but Just not a good workout. No, no. but Well, for <laughs> me it would be. Him. But for Tommy Haas, but it, that's all it was. It was like, oh, you, look at this sideshow, and I kicked his ass, and it's a joke. I thought you were going to say it was 6-4, six, 6-4 four, six, four or something, or 8-6, whatever they do that crazy format. I don't know what the score was, and I frankly don't care. But your claim is that if he won any games whatsoever, that was fraudulent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I think in this case is especially accurate. <sighs> well, listen, I just be what you are. Stop trying to be like clever and kind of like, you know, his current record is 4 0, Tommy Haas, by the way. Currently, which losing. is probably just one tournament. Right. I don't know how it works. I don't care. But, you know. They it, keep changing every year because it's not working. That's why it changes. <laughs> well, I I honestly think, I honestly think they should just be straight up 100% honest about what they are and then just bring it. Because I got news for you. I still want to see McEnroe play at the best he can play now, which obviously is not the best he could play in 1978. I get it. Right. But skill wise, I mean, he still has the same flair. He still has the same hand, you know, eye coordination, give a little bit. Reflexes, obviously slower. Uh, same game style, all those kinds of things. He doesn't need to play a guy that just came off the damn tour. He doesn't, right. he doesn't need to do that. It does, it does mean no good. I'd rather see him and, I mean, Connors is, you know, I don't know if he, you know, whatever, but him and Lindell or right. Lindell's fat as shit. You um, make, it a, make it a 15 over bracket and a 35 and over bracket. And just get after it, man. Just yeah. get after it. Well, I think one of the biggest things that kills that series is TV. Because when I watched it in person, I loved it. Right. On TV, you just literally looks like you're watching tennis in slow motion. <laughs> and obviously, if I watch myself, it looks like it's paused. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm going reverse. <laughs> but but I don't. it just makes them look so much worse when you watch them and your comparison is always watching pro tennis. By the way, I had no intention of talking about the QQQ. <laughs> I really didn't. I really didn't. Our, I don't know how. Our multi-hour show prep Shit. meeting did not talk about QQQ. Oh, my God. D- did we? So when we get to the door of this building, it's about a 38-second walk <laughs> from the door to the studio, and that's our prep time, 38 yes. seconds. Yes, and, and me texting was not included in that. And me texting time. you, where the hell are you? Where the hell are you? Because you're late <laughs> every, every week. week. It's called um, making an entrance. <laughs> So anyway, uh, and the funny thing is, this men's tournament had something to talk about. And I'm talking about damn QQQQ. (laughs) I apologize to everyone out there. to build the suspense. Oh, dear Lord. And forgot to set the timer. I have no idea how long (laughs) we've been going. Gee, many Christmas. Feels like forever. Already. Um, But no, I do like watching that in person. But I just think when you're you're watching, you know, you watch a pro men's tournament. And then right when it ends, it turns to power shares. And it it just makes them look so much worse. And I get they probably make some money off the TV rights, obviously, but yeah. But I think more people would get well, number one. If you watch it on TV, why do you need to go? If you're seeing the same because, people play each other, because you don't live in whatever Portland, Oregon, or wherever the hell they're having it, so you. Well, yeah, the people that can't see it in person for sure. But I I'm, agree with you, though. I think it's definitely more of a an event. You know, you get to see these guys up close. But like I say, when I went to go see, I was at the same tournament in frisco also so i went to, i went to this thing twice yeah um and you're exactly right it was it was um entertaining uh peter corda 
Remember him? Yeah. Uh-huh. I, just, I just watched his kid at the U.S. Open, actually, in the boys' uh, tournament. Uh, but I saw him play against maybe McEnroe. I can't remember. It might have been quarter McEnroe. And McEnroe decided to go into a tirade, which I'm sure was completely scripted. <laughs> uh, I'm sure the lines person was in on it. I mean, it's just, and it was just pathetic and pitiful because he obviously doesn't care that much. Right. I mean, he's 20 years older than everybody on the thing. <laughs> and he's not making any money off of his wins and those things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He's, he's, they're it's probably all, all getting some appearance fees. It's all a flat it. fee, I'm sure, right. right? So yeah, I don't. I just think uh, I think there's a way to do it, but so far they haven't. Put it this way: I'm not being an asshole and downplaying or talking down on what all those players brought to the game of tennis in their history and in their current form. What I'm saying is, what you just said: there's a way to do it. Do it right. Just do it right. Well, here's a simple way to do it. You have Haas and Roddick, and you have McEnroe and Lendl. Well, you put Roddick and Lendl somebody versus McEnroe and like Mats Vlander, right, somebody that's that old, era. a different. But era. you put those two guys and those four guys in doubles. You know, one younger, one older, in a set, and then you have McEnroe play Lendl set, and then you have Roddick play Haas a set. And you know and what else done. you do? You know what else you do? You have each of them based on their overall income to put <laughs> that equal amount of money into the into the pot. And and put you literally each of them takes five thousand dollars. Yeah, all four of them. They put it in a tennis ball can and put it right by the net post. Winner gets the can. I like that. Winner gets the can. Their own money. Their own money. Yeah. Um. Sounds like a radio bit where the <laughs> where the DJ has a you know the can hangs above the core. The first <laughs> no, one to hit. Not that much. <laughs> but uh, something something to make like you said they. they the winning has nothing to do with the money. Right. Well, well, there you go. Right. If you if you have to watch all four of them write a check or, you know, because they carry five grand on them, uh, somebody's robbing them. <laughs> I'm just telling you what's going on. Yeah, but all four of them write a check. Well, and, are any of them putting on their resume? I was the outback. I was the <laughs> champion series, cha- you know, champion in 2017. Like, who, I mean, none of them care whether they finish first for the year or where they get. I mean, there's no incentive for any of that it's just about that tournament and the bragging rights and like you said right you know that kind of thing now yeah i've done a an exhibition type match before now you're not laughing i'm glad i appreciate that <laughs> quite a lot but it was it was just for tennis camp so like i you know i'm running you know i'm either uh uh you know, this is my younger days you know i'm working at a a, a tennis camp where at a big time college, so a lot of those teams' players and players from around the area are, are counselors at this kids' tennis camp. Yeah, and it's little kids. You know, I mean, there's older ones, but there's a lot of little littler ones, and they're you know lower level players and all that. Right. And so, for some illustration purposes or whatever, we do a little exhibition. Well, I know that when I get ad, you know, in the first game, I'm going to miss the next ball. Right. It's going to go to you know what I mean. It's yeah. like. You you just know you don't have to choreograph it too much. You just know, right? Um, and you know that might be exciting for somebody who's never seen tennis before. But to watch two quote unquote has beens play, you don't want that. You yeah. want to see what them giving it all that they currently have. Right? They're not training. They're not fit. They're not young, but they they still have magic because of you know, how much work and training and, and talent they had in the past. I well, don't know. Well, and the only, I mean, we've got 
50 different events that people will pay to go to, you know, sports wise. And there's only one that's choreographed, which is WWE. Everything else, we would rather have an undetermined outcome. <laughs> I'm sorry, what did you say? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> but, you know, I went to a baseball game this weekend and it was a close game and it was great. And I looked at last night's game and it was terrible. And you just, people know when you go to sports, you get what you get and that's it. You know, I don't think you need to manufacture the outcome right. where it comes down to the bottom of the ninth. Yeah. Um, I I really think they're missing. The, and you know who it is? It's Jim Courier, I think. Yeah. Jim Courier's missing the boat. Um, I think he thinks that we want to see exactly. the 10, you know, pros that are 20 years old and another pro and see that they're still competitive. But like you said, we know they aren't. Yeah. I, I think he's missing the boat on what we want. I want to see... McEnroe give everything he's got, even if he fails. Now, to be fair, I haven't been to the mountaintop, as it were. I haven't been number one in the world, uh, a superhero, um, you know, a sports legend, adored by fans and hated by fans around the world, and to now be, you know, in a makeshift hockey arena playing against, you know, <laughs> Mark Philippoussis or right. somebody, you know what I mean? No yeah. offense to Mark Philippoussis. You know, so... Maybe they're not. Maybe players like that. Maybe they're not willing to get after it. Maybe right. maybe they want that hint of this is all fake. So no matter what happens, you can't judge me. Yeah, I'm still great. Well, let me ask you this: since this is this happened before we had the podcast, and this is your guy, but what did you think of those that three match series they had between Federer and Sampras? You know, it was like five years after Sampras retired. Oh yeah, and Federer was number one in the world at the time, I think. Right, and they were all six four, four six. Well, and Sampras won one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. But that's there, what I mean. That proves it. That proves it. <laughs> Weakest But I error. noticed in all the arguments we've had about that, you never brought that up because it was the most bogus. You're exactly right. That's funny you say that. First of all, I forgot all about them because <laughs> that's why. Right. It had no connection to the argument. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because so. they were, then the reason you could tell they were manufactured is there were a few moments where Better would decide to turn it on and it would be, you know, three quick points. Right. And, and, and that, again, that's not an insult to Sampras. That would be any professional player playing any professional player that's been off the tour for, you know, five to ten years. Right. Um, so that's why I think it's just – I think people think that we want to see that. We do want to see it, but we want to see it in our heads, you know, their prime versus the other person's prime. And you know what? Maybe we're wrong. It's possible that they're right. I mean, it's still hanging on. It's been around. They've had changes in, you know, uh, sponsors and what have you. But maybe they're right. They're the ones touring. They're the ones – I don't well, know if they're – Filling stands. And I don't think we're saying that they're doing everything wrong. I mean, there are good things about it. And you are getting good matches occasionally. I mean, you're getting McEnroe versus Courier, which people well, want to see. And, and you're getting all-time greats. Yeah. All-time greats. I think the reason you go see it first and foremost is to see players you never got to see. That's for me. Like, I never got absolutely. to see McEnroe play. Right, absolutely. Now, would I rather watch him play someone he can actually have a chance to beat? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I would pay more money to watch him and Mats Vlander play for $1 million. Right than I would, you know, Tommy Haas play against Roddick and they're just dicking around. Well, did you ever see this old show they had on the tennis channel? It was called Bragging Rights. And they uh, didn't have it very long, but it was... I remember it was, that, yeah, yeah. It was really good. They would have like two guys that were, you know, friends or frenemies that were playing and they would have one, you know, famous coach would coach one of them. Like Brad Gilbert would coach one of them and it wouldn't be the guys that famous, but... You know, they coach one and want some other coach coach the other, and then they play each other at the end of the episode. Right. And and to me, that if they could turn that into something like you were saying, have Macaron and Vlander train for a month, you know, for a million bucks. To me, that's way more interesting than 
That would be huge. Than something else. That know? would be huge. And I, again, I go back to it. Had it would have to be their own money. Maybe right. not a million, but it would have to be. If they did ten grand, and they both put ten grand up, right. and the winner gets both, that'd be fun. Well, and like you said, they're both going to try hard because they don't want to embarrass themselves. That's your motivation. When you know the other guy's not trying to beat you, you have no incentive to even try. Right. Yeah. I love it. We've just fixed tennis again, folks. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, which is why I don't understand why you people aren't subscribing. Good yeah. God Almighty. Aren't we up to seven figures now? I don't know, but uh, it just it's so tedious. Maybe because we never talk about tennis. <laughs> that was just tennis. Current tennis. Q, Q, Q. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Madrid. Yes. Uh, it, well, first of all, let me just start out by saying this. Tennis Twitter is just uh, hilarious. Those poor, <laughs> those poor things. Tennis Twitter, I don't... I still want you to invent just tennis.twitter.com. <laughs> um, so Tennis Twitter is just the amalgamation of tennis people right. that twit. Yeah. Tweet. Tweet. Um, and just, you know, the, the ones that just I enjoy so well are when they're joyful when one of the white American men loses. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, I mean, first of all, that's a pretty low-hanging fruit there. I was going to say, it's happening uh, every day. Pretty low-hanging fruit. Um, so, Dennis Twitter, I woke up this morning, and I and for a minute I, I was laughing. It gave me a thought because I woke up, and there was clay court tennis on Sunday, finals day, and it was a white American. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> That's not the finals. Yeah. It was Rome. It was the first round of Rome. <laughs> I was like, Stevie Johnson is not in the finals of Madrid, yeah. but I'm sure at some point some groggy, you know, uh, social justice warrior on t- tennis Twitter was freaking out thinking a white American male was in the finals of Madrid. It is funny how all these tournaments have gone to a Saturday-Sunday start. It seems kind of so obvious, and they've now just all started doing it. Well, the first one thing I did, we can ask this first until we get into the actual tournament. Um, one thing that I dug about the tournament was men and women were offset time-wise. Right. So you had the Super Saturday situation. Yeah. You know, where you had a final of the women in the men's semifinal. And I don't care if it goes the other way. I right. really don't. I, I'm, I'm indifferent on on uh, which finals first and which semifinals. Um, the problem was it wasn't on the same channel. Yeah. So it didn't, it didn't work like the, like the Super Saturday you remember from days of um, old. Yeah. You, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you didn't watch it, did you? I can tell by your... No, I know what you're talking about. The two semis in the yeah, daytime, yeah, yeah. and then you have the finals in the evening. The yeah, women's you, final. You got the concept. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> well, you know I didn't watch the women's Saturday because a... I don't have it. Um, but no, I was actually in a, in a in a car all day Saturday, so I couldn't have watched it. But but that is like you said, the whole problem of having on two different channels is that you have you're then competing with each other instead of running them consecutively. And that may be why they had the well, you know, here's what's funny, but you can't compete with yourself technically because it's on the same court. Yeah. That's what's so trippy is you watch one semifinal on you know the main court, center court, and then. You click while that's going on. You click over to be in, and it's soccer. <laughs> then you click back, and it's doubles on court seventy eight. Right. And you click to be in, and it's still soccer. But it's supposed to be the women. But the yeah. women's going on. You're looking on your app, like, well, shit, where is it? 
Is it, is there a BN two? Yeah. Is there a BN Ocho? What are we doing? And so it was just a whole. It's just a whole mess when you when you actually care about both genders <laughs> equally. It's Can difficult. you think of any sport where the same event has been on two different channels? Because that's the Madrid when Open when it's not when it's not uh, co broadcast like yeah. simulcast when like the Olympics is two different channels but they're all NBC channels right yeah like tennis and BN are two completely different networks I mean that could be I can't think of any other time that's happened well that's what that's the trap we fall into dear Corey is <laughs> they're not the same sport right it's literally like having the WNBA and the NBA playing their championship game at the same time on the same court right but alternating halves or quarters or whatever you do it um, because they're two different sports. Just because they're both hitting a tennis yeah. ball, it, it's two different sports. Well, and I guess the only reason that makes it not seem that way is because they have the four interlopening tournaments every year. Well, yeah, and and you know it's it's um, and this one was again the same facility, the same time, the same yeah. name, uh, different prize money structure. But that's not the patriarchy's fault, right? I don't think. <laughs> well, yeah, you would think they would try to integrate that tournament for the sake of bargaining power and because I mean obviously the way the slams work is pretty lucrative for everyone involved I would bet you money no I wouldn't maybe I would I don't <laughs> know let's just, let me just throw this out there I'm wondering if either tour men's or women's has gone to the other tour and say hey let's throw our chips in together and really get after it and see if we can really yeah. use that leverage to make the deals better for everybody and if they, if they haven't, then they're dumb. Right. If they have, my guess is the ATP is more willing than the women's. Or, or am I wrong? What do you think? Am I crazy on that? No, I think you're right about that. And I think this is the only – I think la- it may have happened last year too, but it, that's something that's fairly new. And I think it may have just been when they negotiated, they didn't – they just let that be in, let be in basically pay for every WTA tournament, and they didn't specify, you know, only the ones that aren't mixed with the men. Yeah. Well, and BN may not have – let them. I mean, right. why, why does they may BN... said we're getting all or we're not doing it. Well, yeah, they don't want to not have the 1,000s. Right. Even though they do a half-ass job of it. <laughs> um, I could be wrong. Maybe the men said, oh, pshaw, right. I'm not messing with women's tennis. We were doing fine. Have you seen their tour lately? They're not. Um, <laughs> but it just seems to me that the, that the women tried to strike out. In the women, it's run by a dude. But <laughs> the WTA tried to strike out on its own, and it struck out, Yeah, I think. In America. Right. We suck in tennis. I, yeah, maybe I their it. world ratings are higher. Who knows? Could be. Could be. So, anywho. So, uh, I think they should throw their lot in together and figure out, you know, uh, how to use that leverage all over. And, and again, I don't care what the rest of the world says. They can kiss my American ass. If we grow tennis and do better here, it will help the world. Tennis wise, we just have so much money. Right, of it's course, gonna, it's going to make an impact. If Botswana does better in tennis, it's not going to. There's not a <laughs> blip on the radar. Well, and and even it's going to be world news if Serena or Venus wins. You know the French Open. It's not going to be necessarily world news if you know a a small country, a player from a small like when uh, Ostapenko won. I doubt it was as big of news worldwide. Right. And no, that's not necessarily because Serena's American, but you know what I mean. Right. 
All right. So enough talking about nothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's our specialty. Apparently. The Seinfeld podcast. Apparently. Um, do you want to get into the actual draw? Absolutely. Men's and women's? Yeah. Although you didn't see the women's, I'll, <laughs> I'll listen. I'll pull, I'll carry that. You're our uh, women's tennis specialist. Yeah, you know exactly. That. I'll pick up the slack on the women. Uh, I'll let you have an in-depth discussion about the men's. And the biggest, this is too easy, but I'm going to say it. You know, teases are supposed to be, oh, what is he going to say? <laughs> Y'all know what this is going to be. But the biggest story of this tournament, you'll find out when we come back. <laughs> It's time to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com, to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. All right, you've been racking your brain during the break. Uh, the chick in the middle was trying to tell you all about our website and everything else, and you didn't pay one bit of attention. <laughs> she left mad, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but she sounded perfect again. I was going to say, yeah, she couldn't hear it in her voice. Yeah, so uh, you were racking your brain. What was the biggest news of this event? Rafael Nadal losing. He did what? <laughs> I did not think that was possible. Which can't be possible, because we've been talking about for the last month that he wasn't going to lose to anyone. Well, now, to be fair... This is the tournament he lost in last year, right? To, yeah, to the same player, right? Oh, can I please? Can you can, <laughs> can you please just let me work through it oh, for the sorry. listeners? Good God Almighty, we're not all this tennis five-minute podcast. We're not all ten. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so to the same player in the same tournament, there is altitude involved, so it's a little different. Plays a little different, maybe. Whatever. I don't see. Really I'm glad know. you explained that because I have I can't figure out why he doesn't do as well this tournament. Yeah, I guess it's altitude. I don't know. I don't know. Colorado's got altitude, but they also have <laughs> weed, so I don't know. Maybe it's those. I don't think Raphael smokes weed. Um, now, my first of all, let me just let me just throw something out there. I want to be honest with you, not you as much, but with the <laughs> listeners. Um, why was I cheering like the Steelers are about to win a Super Bowl <laughs> as Nadal was going down in flames? I think b- because you want tennis to be more exciting. Less predictable. Right. And less predictable for, for the right reasons. And uh, I found myself trying to, I really, like this battle was happening in my soul. Probably not that deep, but I was trying not to cheer for the fact that he looked like shit. Nadal. <laughs> he played like crap. But I was cheering for the fact that Every time he, like, because you, all right, <laughs> I'm at a loss for words. I'm just so verklempt. <laughs> so he would, you know, he started out bad. You know, it just didn't look good. He was double faulting. Have you ever seen him? That's unusual. Double fault ever? Not very often. So, all right, so he would he would struggle a little bit, and then you would see, oh, here he comes. Right. You would see that sort of vintage Rafa where he, you know, just, plays three, four points you know, in a row just like, a, like an animal and then either breaks back or whatever, but then Dominic, first name basis, <laughs> uh, team would just flip it right back, break him back, and then boom, he was right back at it. And then Roth would go back to double faulting. He just didn't look in sync. 
his movement didn't look great at times. Um, well, and I spoiled the lead because I was going to say, you know, we're excited, but I'm less excited because the exact same thing happened last year and Nadal blew him out the next week at Rome and then same thing at the French. And continued to do whatever. So it didn't have any impact on, you know, the rest of the season. Like, we want to think, oh, Nadal lost. That makes the French Open more exciting. Now we've got all these players that you have a chance and he's vulnerable and this kind of thing, but... Well, first of all, here's here's the most amazing thing to me about, well, n- not the most maybe, but a, a pretty amazing thing if everything I believe is true, and that is that this is the weakest error in the history of men's tennis, and I'm not saying that as a joke. I believe that. I'm not saying it as, <laughs> as a bit here uh, again. Right. I also believe that Rafa and Roger are potentially – at the t- at the top of the game ever. Yeah. I've never doubted that they could be. Right. I've just always said unfortunately they don't play in an error where an era where they can absolutely unequivocally say boom, we dominated a strong error and here right. we are still with 47, you know, <laughs> yeah. however many they have between them. Um but here's one thing that is amazing about their accomplishments. And I'm not saying beating a guy two and one is as easy as two and one looks. I mean, right. they're still professional athletes. There's still people that are on the other side of the net trying to beat them. Yeah, pitifully. Um, <laughs> but if you play shitty competition and aren't really pushed to the brink week in and week out, match in match out for you know tournament in tournament out, then to turn it on when you are pushed is sometimes not easy, and you're not ready. And to me, that's one of the things that I sort of thought of with this tournament and Rafa because he looked rattled. He looked rattled the whole time. He double fault. He's over there just, you know, they'd show his turning his big dumb face, his big steroid forehead. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, you know, with his eyes closed and muttering to himself and, you know, it just didn't look like him. And and to me, I think part of that could be obviously last year and the result again last year. Um but also the fact that he just doesn't have to deal with getting pushed, dealing with adversity regularly, and it showed. Well, and I think, you know, not to rain on anyone's parade, but I think the three the three issues I have with, you know, not getting excited with this is, number one, it happened last year. Number two, team didn't even win the tournament. So how can he take a huge amount of confidence going Spoiler into... Spoiler alert. <laughs> going into the French. And three, I think it actually helps Nadal... To lose in this tournament, the old the old uh, Patriots going undefeated in the regular season kind of thing, where yeah. you you just need that loss so it's not well. Like you said, he's he he probably make, probably got a little complacent. You know, now he had extra rest, which he always needs, and you know more motivation. He has things to work on now because he lost. I think it's actually beneficial for him. Whereas you don't have the pressure building too of fifty sets in Again, a row and uh, forty yeah, matches right. in a row, and even the French Open semifinals, and I've won this many in a row, right? Now it's like nobody's going to be talking about that. They're just going to be talking about the match he's playing. Well, and and <laughs> so this definitely happened last year. Uh, I was more happy this year just because we had another year of, oh, right. the goals, great, right? So he uh, so he's going down to flames. And you know the first thing I thought of? <laughs> but this is what I think of every time one of those two guys loses. I'm like, oh, finally, his deal with the devil expired. <laughs> um that's wrong. But, you know, he is he does have a horns on his uh 
logo. Well, I think we jinxed him by talking about who could beat him. We're you know making our list of players who could beat him. Yeah. Of course, we didn't say team, and they beat him in the exact same tournament last year. Why do we? Why do we think of that last week? Right. Well, you know, I to be quite honest, I don't know enough about high altitude high altitude tennis to know how much different it is, how it plays differently, and what. I know that I hated it last year. <laughs> Did you? Where'd you go? I, in Taos, New Mexico, I played a tournament. And it was uh, yeah, thirteen thousand feet. It was awful. Yeah, that's right. But I would think, based on my experience, that Nadal's game would be better in altitude because the ball is going to bounce even higher. Yeah, but remember, he's hitting balls from a strike zone he likes. Now right. you put the ball up higher on him, and he can't do the same things. And look, I mean, he was standing way back, a lot deeper, which was trouble because uh, he can't do as much. Well, and, and I would think that when you dominate, any change is you don't want. You know, when you're dominating, playing in normal conditions, you don't want to change anything. You don't want wind, or you don't want you know altitude. You don't want any change of surface. I mean, he would rather play the same conditions he's been playing for the last month, the whole year. Right. So I mean, I think any change favors you know the field over him because they're all losing anyway. Right. That's what I always say. If you're the underdog, anything that's different about conditions favors you. Right. Because you're not going to win anyway, you piece of garbage. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that was the biggest story, uh, and I think I think you're right. The second part of that story was, well, team didn't win. <laughs> so, what good did it do? You don't you don't get uh, run up trophies. Well, actually, you do. <laughs> you actually do, but you know what I'm saying, right? You get one no one no one cares if you do, right? Exactly. Well, and I did look up. So, how many people? Let me ask you the trivia question. Since 2009, which is almost 10 years, how many people do you think have won three Masters tournaments besides the Big Four? Hmm. Is Delpo in there? Nope. He's won one in ten years. Career, yeah. Stocks won one. How about Stanimal? One. Shit. You dirty. So by, by the way, no one's won two. <laughs> wow. So Zverev is the only person that's won more than one. Wow. In the last ten years, now he's won three. That's amazing. So I mean, maybe we have well, some hope con- on the horizon. It's convenient that not all the big four are in when he does it. Right. Um, and I think that's been all three that he's won, unfortunately. Right. But I, what I am encouraged with him is at least he's won two on two different surfaces, too. Which, I mean, that is that is saying something. Yeah, yeah. Because team has not been in contention to win a hard court that I can remember, but he's he's had a couple opportunities for the clay. Right. Whereas Verev seems to be one of the few players up and coming that can actually win on both. Well, what other clay? This is the one he won on clay. Yeah, not, he won two hard courts last well, year. Well, I think I think I, here's I what I will say. I think the altitude issue favors Zverev on clay in this regard because clay is generally a surface that you have to o- make your openings through both court positioning, but also moving your opponent over time off their spot. Yeah. So, you know, getting the ball wide, you know, you think about just hitting, you know, cross court, heavy, deep, getting them outside the doubles alley, hitting their, you know, forehand, and now you've got open court. Right. As opposed to playing down the line shots to open up the court. So they hit you a ball cross court to your forehand, you change directions down the line, and it gets by them. If it's on hard court or on grass, it gets by them. Normal clay, it doesn't. Altitude clay, maybe that's why. 
because that's what Zverev does. I mean, he's a he's a power player, and well, so yeah. he, he can do that. And the thing about altitude, I do remember, is that the ball gets to you faster. Yeah, because it goes so through the air. So if you look at the players that were in the semifinals of this tournament, that would explain the coefficient of <laughs> friction. <laughs> I mean, he had Shapovalov and Edmund, and you know, teams. Zverev. Those are all kind of hard, right? Hardcore hit, hard players, hitters. Right. So I mean, that that does tell you. Which, which, listen again. What we've always said, we want to make our own calendar and give grass more time. But I don't want to diminish clay either, because you get guys who can stay out there a little bit longer, can hit you know more consistent shots, taking a little chance, getting it close to the line, getting their opponents off court, and then and then you know hitting to the open court as opposed to trying to force the ball by people. They're they're different game styles and lends them lend themselves to different surfaces, and I like that. Well, and that's so. What's so difficult about our continuous argument about best player ever is you've got three dramatically different surfaces. So really, when you're talking about best player ever, you almost have to have three best players ever. You can't just talk about one homogenous surface unless you talk about who was able to do the most on their least best surfaces. Yeah, you know. So well, obviously, so now they've got the argument with it all: Clay, Federer, Grass, and Djokovic hardcourt. Right. That's what that's what the big argument I've been seeing lately is. Yeah. You know who is more dominant on their surface. But again, if you pick one of those three, you still have to factor in how the other two the the three did on the other two surfaces. Right. Well, so back to Madrid, uh that that was a French accent for <laughs> Spanish city. Um the big story was Nadal. But I think the draw for the most part, turned out to look like it's supposed to look. And mainly, the main evidence I have for that, the number one thing that really sort of, on the men's side again, we're still talking about men, the main thing that sort of signifies that is Jack saw it, lost in the first <laughs> round. Um, <laughs> I saw, I did, of all the tennis to see, I did see that. Well, a lot of seeds. And it was painful. Yeah, a lot of seeds made it through. Um, I feel like this was a legitimate Masters tournament. Yeah, I... I obviously you're still missing, you know, a 100% Joker. Yeah, and Federer I, and Murray. I still give him all the leeway. In other words, I'm like, oh, that was it. Yeah, it, you know, his deal with the devil ran out. No, um, he beat Nishikori. I mean, he's definitely making progress. Yeah, and even Nishikori's not right. You know, he was in Dallas a year ago. Come on, <laughs> lovely city. Not even five, three months ago. Three months ago. Yeah, but no, I think they're all. I mean, he's. Got to be happy that he's progressing at least. I think so. Yeah. So, um, and guess what? Isner, of course, made it far. But again, <laughs> altitude, big right. serve, getting through the air. Anderson, same thing. I mean, big serve. Well, it was weird to see Isner and Del Potri. I feel like since Miami, they've been been laying low. MIA, get it? Um, <laughs> but now I feel like they haven't even been on the tour since uh, that tournament. So it was nice to see them in the draw again and actually winning a few matches. Yeah. I, I, you know, I do, I, I do think it's interesting, you know, that more of those kind of players, you see less dirt ballers, as it were, um, getting through, like you said, well, Chapo. Yeah, Isner and, beat a good clay court player. Yeah, I mean that the damn listen, the serve just flying through the air, and he beats Quivis. Do you think you, you met Ryan Harrison or Quivis? <laughs> do you think it is a coincidence that Nadal lost the round after he broke that record for most sets won in a row? No. I mean, yeah, yeah, that doesn't matter. I was just curious. I didn't know if... No, you're a dum-dum. That was the dumbest <laughs> idea. I didn't say it was. I'm just curious. <laughs> because I feel like if you once you break a record, no. that matters. Monfils, who was telling the crowd, ah, I don't know how to win this. There's not a chance. Chit-chatting. 
So that was it. So no, he's not going to lose to that guy. Schwartzman, fine, fine player. That was a good match. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he never really had a chance to lose it. Right. And so, you know, he played one of the upper level players in the yeah. world. Um, so yeah. So I don't think. In other words, you don't think he was out celebrating that night before winning 50 sets or no, whatever it was. No, shit. Yeah. He's a maniac. <laughs> by the way, and, and by the way, just so you know, uh, everybody out there, one strategy that uh, that team did not try, because <laughs> he is a, He's a gentleman, gentleman <laughs> is kicking over his water, <laughs> spitting on his bench, you know, peeing in his tennis bag, whatever Corey advocates for his young junior players out there to do. Uh, Dominic, just, let's just see how that works in the French. Being a gentleman, yeah, oh, I agree. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, that that did not play a factor that in. we saw. Let's let the news come out. We just <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what happened behind the scenes. So overall, on the men's side, pretty fired up. I mean, like you said, it looked like a real a Masters. You felt pretty good about that. Yeah, and I keep saying this about Zverev, and I'm going to say it. I don't care if he wins ten Masters. He, in my opinion, has to make it to the semis or finals of the French to be a viable player. Right. And I was telling somebody, he can be number one in the world this year. Number one, because he's going to play more tournaments than the, the guys ahead of him. Funny you talk about number one. Go ahead. Sorry. But, but I just think to do that, you ha- to be a legitimate number one, you have to actually do something in a slam. If he makes it to semis and loses it at all, I have that, a problem with that. That's something. Or to team me. even. But, that's, that's something. But you right. can't lose to, you know... Cuevas, like you said, in the round of 16 or the third round, you know, Ramos or, you know, some, you've got to actually, you've got to beat someone that's near your level in a grand slam. Right. Right. Well, again, I think part of our, hmm, part of our feeling towards these guys is, man, these guys are top whatever in the world. How come they're, and I think they're misplaced. They should be around 15 to 20. Right. And still earning their stripes. And then in four years, they've battled through. And if they made it through to be in the top 10, now, wow, these guys are, you know, battle tested. And now they don't make dumb errors. They don't lose discipline. They don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the tour has changed so much. I think the men's tour is like the women's. Used, women's is where the top women in the world are not the best players in the world. Like there was so long where Serena would be three, four, five, and you'd have. Wozniacki and Safina and how you know these players that would play 35 tournaments a year but then they'd be number one but then Serena would win three slams and she'd be number two or three right so I think the men's has turned into that a little bit we've got all these guys in the top 10 but they're in the top 10 because they played three times as many tournaments as and they still and Murray and Federer and and they still can't pass a guy who's not going to pick up a racket for three months holy shit oh I know he's going to be I mean they're going to be one two going into the U.S. Open without Federer playing Playing two tournaments in six months. That's insanity to me. Insanity. But that's part of the system, the way the system's set up. The women's system isn't set up that way. They actually reward you for playing more tournaments. Right. More than the men's do, I believe. Look at you coming out with some, dropping some knowledge. (laughs) That's impressive. But I I don't think, like you said, it makes the rankings kind of overinflated or even irrelevant to some degree. Right. Because for Zara to be the third seed at the French is kind of a joke. Maybe less of a joke now that he won Madrid, but still. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like we've always said, all the seating should be based on purely the surfaces, ma- the surfaces, the match, the, spit it out, the tournaments <laughs> on that surface leading right. into that Grand Slam. But All right, on to, and again, I feel a little guilty saying this, on to the real tournament, the women's <laughs> side in Madrid. But again, I think we thought the men's was a bit better. Yeah. But also, again, you have the fluky altitude situation. Nadal's the only real 
player of note that's also 100% that's in the draw. So uh, that may answer our question a little bit also. What if Rafa didn't play any of these tournaments? Would it be a better tournament? Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess it would. Um, well, but, I think team had a little bit of the Djokovic syndrome from the French, too, where he he beaten the law and then he kind of probably relaxed a little bit. Right. He would rather be playing it all in the final, I would think. Yeah. So on the women's side, do you even know who won? Um, was it Conchita Martinez? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she beat Arantxa Sanchez Vicario. <laughs> That's the last women's tennis match. I'm like, totally kidding. Just kidding. Well, put it this way. Whatever the last match uh, that was on that was broadcast not on BN was the last one you saw. <laughs> uh, Petra Kvitova, who does not follow us on Twitter, totally by the way. Totally tells you it's altitude-based, by the way, if she's winning a clay court tournament. So um, so you've got most of the seeds going through on the top half, not as much on the bottom. you got Wozniacki on the bottom half. If you got altitude, you got people that hit through her a little bit more, so right. that might be part of it. She and lost. I was keeping up with the results, you know, some. Yeah. Because a lot of the big names lost, we talked about that first round, and then, then, like you said, it kind of held to form a little bit more later in the tournament. Yeah. Well, and the top half was a little bit better than that. Um, yeah, Venus lost first round. Yeah. Um, and Keys did too, right? Uh, yeah. Yep. Um. We did have Sloan make it on through a little while. She played Pliskova. That's not a bad loss. She lost bad, but it's not a bad loss. It kind of surprised me, yeah, how quickly she lost But yeah. that match, I mean. Uh, Holop lost to the uh, to Plis- Carolina Pliskova. Um, Kvitova on her way beat Puig, Kontovic, or whatever, however you pronounce it, that's who beat v- Venus, and then she beat Kazakina, uh, which was, um, and then that was the quarters, and then the semis she beat Carolina in a good match. I watched that match. And then on the bottom half, Kiki Burton's um, beat uh, Garcia. And Garcia's been an up-and-coming for a while, and she's just been, seems like she's going deeper every tournament this year. Yeah. And then the the finals was a knockdown drag out seven six four six six three so it was a good a good finish, a good finish. Uh, and honestly, the match the the men's match although the scoreline looked pretty good, Zverev had, broke early both sets and yeah really wasn't pushed on his serve much at all after that. So that to me, I would rather see you know this three set situation. Than a tricky, you know, dece- deceiving four and right. four on the men's side. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'll be honest, I might sound like I'm an idiot going through these results because I am because <laughs> I didn't watch a lot of it either. Because again, they kept getting me. It would ha- it would have on the direct TV on the bottom, you know, the guide as you're on the channel it tells you what it is, what's right. on right now, and it would say WTA tennis, and it was rugby or soccer or some other horse shit. And yeah, that's really frustrating. It really is. Well, and. You, by, by the way, you know what I did? I'll confess. I, this is not a lie for all you dum-dums out there who um, hate American white male tennis players. Uh, I actually looked for a BN plus type situation. Yeah. I was looking for that alternative, and I did. I was able to watch, I think, I can't remember, because I wasn't at home in the internet situation. I didn't have good signal where I was, and so I was trying to watch it, but I could watch it for free, like, just one option, one court. It right. didn't, like, have – so 
I don't know if BN has a plus. I could never find it, but I didn't want unlimited hours of 1978 yeah. soccer <laughs> to go along well, with it. And even with Tennis Channel Plus, you can only get the terms they have the rights to, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So you couldn't get the women's on Tennis Channel Plus? I don't think. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I would imagine no. And WTA site, I don't think you can. Yeah. That's really irritating, though, when there's tennis going on and you can't watch it. Right. But that kind of shows you, like you said, the hierarchy of that channel. Because if you got an NFL game on, they're showing that thing outside of the movie Heidi until the end. <laughs> uh, but you got any other, you know, sport, it's going to supersede that sport. Right. And so that's the problem. If you're not, that's the good thing about tennis channel. I mean, they're never going to put something else in place of a match that's going on. Yeah. So that's what's kind of irritating to have it on a random channel. And by the way, um, the, uh, Serena just edging back, back, back. Who knows if she's going to play in the, she keeps saying it, but she keeps pulling out of tournaments and I don't blame her. Right. I'm just, it's a bummer. Uh, cause I'm interested to see her come back and how everybody else handles it. Now that some other players are getting confidence and yeah. you know, starting to win more. Well, it's nice to see Kvitova back after her ish near her. Yeah. Issue. She, yeah. She wins a damn thing. Has a hole in her hand however many <laughs> months ago. And now she's uh, a champion, but I don't know why Serena wouldn't at this point, just, just say, forget it for clay and just focus on Wimbledon. Because she's going to have a better chance there anyway. So why would you even bother yeah, training? Yeah, because if you haven't been back yet, you're gonna. Ha- it's going to be hard to play match speed on heavy clay, and yeah. it, your matches are longer. Um, Unless she just knows that the summer is kind of a recovery period, and, and she's not going to be in contention regardless. Right, right. And then she may just want the on-court experience. Yeah. yeah that's got to be hard for a top pro to go out knowing you're not in form to win. You know, I would think that would be a real challenge. Yeah, but it's probably more fun than, you know, on your clay court in your backyard training. <laughs> you know what I mean? True, it's yeah. like, let's get this thing going. Well, and there's always something to be said for actual match play. Right. I don't care how healthy you are, you still need the match play. Yeah. Leading into it. Right. In front of a crowd and the pressure and all that stuff. You gotta get I just to think it. the French, you would almost rather, like, I think, the, I still think the way Nishikori did it is how a lot more players should do it. You know, right. come out and play for a small Earn crowd. It. You'll get the match repetitions. Get wins right. that, on, in all honesty, were not easy for him to come by. That He played like shit. That's exactly. what you said. He totally did. I mean, yeah, I was, I was kind of surprised he won based on how he played, to be honest. But yeah, I mean. Well, he's a top 10 player in the world, yeah. even if he's not top 10, you right. know, ability level. But yeah, for Serena, like, I don't know why you'd want to go out and play at the French in front of millions of people, knowing you're probably going to lose. Well, she's a little far up there to go back to Dallas in right. a 25 or 50, True. 100K or whatever it is. But at the same time, Agassi did it. Yeah. It's not unheard of. Um, and it's a good way to get some reps. Yeah, I would just think she should just play Hala and Queens and Hala. be ready for uh, Wimbledon. Sorry. But we'll see. I mean. Well, let's she, not get to grass yet. Slow your roll. She's supposed to play Rome, right? I don't know. That was what I read, but. I can't imagine she's going to play the French if she doesn't play Rome. Well, and again, I mean, you know, any any tournament that she's in, you know, she'll get in because of a protected situation, and who knows about that seating horse shit. Um, but, no, she's not in the Rome draw, so. Well, and I think it's almost going to be a disservice to the rest of the field, too, that she's going to be unseated playing the French. She'll probably draw Hal up first or second round and beat, <laughs> and her, beat her and then get eliminated for the tournament. <laughs> and then we don't have either of the top, you know, Two right. of the top best players. Right. So, By the way, Kvitova out of Rome. I wonder if... That's what I'm telling you. That's why I think it was better for Nadal to lose, lose because now he can get a few days rest, 
He'll win Rome, so he'll still have the confidence going into the French, probably. Yeah. And then... So it, so do you think uh, that'll make any difference? Or will it be exactly like last year for him? I think it'll be better for team if he doesn't play at all in Rome. No, no, no. I'm saying for Nadal's clay court future, is it going to play out the same? Are we back to Madrid's anomaly... Nobody's beaten Nadal. Put all your money and your whole house on it, on those odds. Yeah, I think it's still that for sure. I think okay. it's better for him that he lost. I think the actually he actually would have had a better chance of losing to the French if he went through you know four weeks undefeated and had to play every day and and then did it again in right. Rome. Right. Um, All right. So I think his chances are actually higher now. I did look up his odds. Did I tell you by the way? Did no. Announced. So his odds for the French Open were, I think three to five. Um, which actually surprised me. They were that, that close. Uh, yeah, I figured he would be like a three to one favorite or or four to one favorite. Right. So yeah, he was. I mean, you actually don't. You could actually bet on it all and not, and still make you know half of what you bet or two thirds of what you bet basically. Right. So I thought that was pretty interesting because I to me he's the overwhelming favorite. I can't imagine betting on anyone else at this point. Yeah. Well, I uh, I think last year gives you know everybody was probably panicking all the rafa fans now this year it's like oh he did this last year and still yeah dominated and he'll do it again so well like i said the fact that team didn't win it if team had won the tournament you could maybe put team up there and say okay you know he's close to it all but you know it's just uh he didn't even solidify you know his his supremacy you know to top three or four because he didn't beat it because he didn't close out the tournament right right all right, well, uh, I think we've talked uh, plenty about Rome. I mean, Madrid, and and really the only thing that matters in Rome is that I think four Americans are through in the first round. <laughs> so uh, In the you, men's, uh, that's amazing. It is amazing. Um, and not so, counting the buys, right? And some of the racist ones, too. Oh, wow, okay. I don't know if there are any, any of them are racist <laughs> at all. I think, according to Twitter, all of them, right? Apparently, yeah. And sexist, misogynistic. I don't think they know that what the definition of that word. Um. All right. So uh, I think we've wrapped up Madrid nicely, and now the most important part of the show. And you have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> you look so not ready. Uh, yes. You ready for the coach's corner? Our yeah. Corey. I'm coach. You're Corey. Ready for Corey's corner? No. Oh, you're gonna put the pressure on me. I don't know. I put. I thought I put the pressure on you like three months ago when we talked about doing this. But whatever. <laughs> no, I like Corey's corner. All right. No, I was gonna say. I mean. The whole thing that I was talking about earlier, as usual, as I do on this podcast weekly, I uh, spoil the lead, but I think that we actually, you never hear this on the podcast, we actually have something to look forward to in tennis. We have a young up-and-coming player who actually won a tournament that had some of the big four players in it, and he's won more Masters tournaments than any player in the last 10 years outside of the big four, so I think that's what I'm looking forward to. That was just my... My whole thing is I think, you know, we've talked about it for long enough now. Now it's time we actually have somebody to think about to take the throne. Yeah, I think uh, I think both two things are true. What you just said is true. This is one of the next gen that we think is going to be a good one. I was watching that finals match between team and Zverev and Misha, Sasha. No. <laughs> Sasha. Alexander. He hasn't earned it yet. Like, right. Yeah, like we talked about. Um, Ale- Alexander. Is that? Yeah. All right. I don't know if his full name is Alexandra. Uh, anyway, so I was watching that finals match and thinking, hmm, six, five, 
maybe five. I think Federer will be retired in five years. <laughs> I can only I hope. hope. Or not. Um, actually, if he retires, the only thing in tennis worth any effort <laughs> of tuning into will be this podcast. Right. Because the rest of tennis will suck. Women, Women's will be good. Wait. QQQ. Oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> Why not just put, yeah, because Federer and Nadal, Djokovic and Murray will That's be playing. I mean. They'll be, be playing on a QQQ. <laughs> I, will, I, I will jump off the deer's bridge. They're going to be showing QQQ on, in competition <laughs> with the French and ESPN, too. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, no, but I'm watching that final thing. And, okay, in five years, are these two guys going to be the guys that other the rest of the field can't beat? <laughs> Not not to the right. level of Nadal and then one team's gonna be thirty by then. That's the problem. Well, whatever. You know what I'm saying. I'm getting <laughs> yeah. you know a couple of years, whatever. And I could see it. I mean, he team looked like a you know scared little kid out there today. He didn't play great, but you can see the ability of Zverev. I mean, he's a huge dude. Uh, he's filling out physically. He's not just skinny as a rail anymore. Yeah, uh, and he's got so much power, which again on most non-clay court surfaces that's a plus in this clay court service in madrid but um i'll tell you though holy hell his volleys are shit and the sad part is they've actually gotten better (laughs) (laughs) but what i mentioned earlier or what i didn't mention earlier you know i've given him a lot of criticism and i'm not jumping on the bandwagon acting like i've been saying all along he was so great but the the whole thing i always had to put in perspective is there's a lot of amazing players who hadn't won a slam by the time they were 21, 22, 23. Sure. I mean, even Murray, I don't think won his first one until he was probably 24, 25. Right. So, I mean, Zverev has a lot of time. He just got so good so fast. You know, we've been kind of, it's almost been like we've been disappointed. Whereas he's, you know, number three in the world and made one three masters. And right. So, I mean, I think it's just, now I actually am starting to believe the hype. Before I didn't. Now yeah, I'm but you know what it. though? It, it, everything, everything, everything is skewed. Because yeah. of this shitty era. So as soon as the Big Four retire and now Zverev's dominating, what does that mean? Right. Oh, look, there were great players. No, now he's dominating. Right. Everybody else sucks. So now what? Uh, I've got some proof that this is the weakest era in men's tennis. I, I thought twi- this is what you were hyping us up for. I tweeted something to at BG Tennis Nation. And right, I asked Robert. him I asked him to compare basically this error compared to like his error, BG's error. And in all full disclosure, I asked you to, I told you the subject and said, can you give me a concise tweet, please? Because <laughs> I'm a dumb dumb when it comes to like, I can't write. I suck at writing. Uh, and so you did. Yes. And I changed it completely, by the way. Uh, I just paired <laughs> it all down. The way I said it wasn't the most no, no, friendly. No. It was, no, no, I don't care about that. Okay. But I just took out all the extraneous stuff and, <laughs> and made it, you know, whatever, concise. He and, wants me to talk longer here and shorter and tweet. Make up your mind. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> So anyway, so I sent him a tweet saying, hey, you know, which error, you know, you coached and you played in one error, you coached a guy, you played against a guy and then coached a guy who was in that error and then partially into sort of the front end of this error in Agassi. And, and so I just asked him, and, I, and, and the, the thing you're talking about that's mean that you, we added to the tweet that, I, <laughs> that you added, but I added, um, was that keep in mind, BG Tennis Nation was four in the world is he our Jack Sock of the '90s? <laughs> I don't know, um, but my point being is, and so he sent, you know, so he sent a tweet back. Um, of, so that was the first fun thing is that I I, I added, I, I sent it to him and to um, at Darren Cahill. 
I'd call him more of the Burditch or Ferrer. Yeah. Of his era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. So, no, but anyway, so yeah, so I, I uh, so I sent it to at Darren Cahill and BG Tennis Nation. And basically, I said, weakest air on ATP now compared to the 90s. And then, and then I put at BG Tennis Nation was four in the world in 1990 with Hall of Fame players all over the place. And, I, and then I said, the big four are playing in an era with no Hall of Famers. And I said, you tell me. Yeah. And, uh, and then you had a couple good hashtags. Hashtag weakest air <laughs> in men's tennis, which is a long one. And then hashtag lost generation, which I thought was very... That was the harshest thing I think. <laughs> so well, um, not to him, not to him though. No, 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 right, yeah. right. But in general, so his his uh, his uh, retweet or what do you call it? Response. Response. His reply. That's the reply. One. There you go. His reply was um, basically his only reply was Stanimal because he uses dumb names. Uh, Stanimal was. A potential Hall of Famer. So his response is proof that <laughs> that's the only one he could think of. And fair enough. Fair so enough. Since 2006. He, he's won three, right? One. Stand, no, three think, slams, one Masters, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three, yeah, right. that's what I meant. So one Masters. Well, he'll be, a sl- he'll be a Hall of Famer just because they have to put someone in every year. <laughs> so, I mean, you have to put somebody in. Well, based in the on next previous. I mean. Yeah, but he would, should be regardless, probably. Because he's won three, but so anyway, so that was his only Hall of Famer he could think of, and to me that makes the point. And and then I I responded. Here's some of the names, all right, that I responded with, uh, you know, because I'm like, okay, fine, that's fair enough. Right. Uh, you know, Stan, no no big deal. All right, here's some Hall of Famers in no particular order. And that's what I said: Lendl, Becker, Edberg, Courier, Rafter, Sampras, Chang, Guga, Safin, Steep. I guess run out of breath. <laughs> I said Agassi. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, I mean... Wait. And then non-Hall of Famers, but still ballers, Todd Martin, Mooster, even if even Nisevich. I put BG in there just to, you know... <laughs> and even Nisevich, Cri- really... I'm actually surprised he wasn't a Hall of Famer to some degree. Yeah. Crickstein, Wayne Ferreira. Remember that fella? Oh, yeah. Sergi Bergera. Hashtag 90s rule. <laughs> um... And then a bunch of people respond. Like some somebody responded, um, because the big four win everything. Hard for someone to get in when only the big four win all the big titles. I think he was trying to make against my point, but I'm like exactly my point. Yeah, nobody else can win if there's an agreement or. I I think it was a disagreement, but it made my point on accident. Right. And well, that's the thing you're talking about. You just named all those great players in the '90s, and yet other players were still able to win, right. even with those players. Right. Meaning and they had to beat three, four Hall of Famers to win a title, and the guys now can't beat one or one. two. One. Right. So here's another reply from somebody who's a Fed fan, based on their name. I don't know how this giving out the name thing works, but whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to. So basically, this guy said if Federer, Nadal, and uh, Djokovic were playing in the '90s, they would destroy everyone. Well, that's just a stupid. They're, that's somebody's going to say that regardless. First of all, we know they won't because of that exhibition. No, <laughs> because of one match, one match. Yeah, that Feder and uh, Sampras played in Wimbledon that mattered, and it was a five set. Yeah. Why does nobody talk about that classic between two titans of the game? And by the way, didn't Agassi push 
better to four or five sets like in one of his last tournaments ever. Maybe. I don't and know. And Agassi was barely able to walk at that point. Right. So No, that's a, that's a totally so, bad argument I don't agree with. Unless you're just going to say that every player now is better than every player 20 years ago. And now if you go back to the 70s, yeah, because they were playing based on having wood, wooden rackets, which is a whole other ballgame. But anyway. Well, I'm just saying you could say that about any player 20 years ago probably. Right. But right. that's not a valid argument. But what I'm saying is I unwittingly, I think, both uh, – that stranger, and also I mean, <laughs> technically BG Tennis Nation is a stranger to me. I don't know the guy. Uh, made my point that this is the weakest error in yeah, I mean, tennis. I rest my case. Podcast over. <laughs> well, I mean, Stan, Stan will have earned his Hall of Fame because three majors, yes, but he beat Nadal or he beat Djokovic in the final of a French, which right. is amazing. You know, he won, he beat Djokovic twice in the finals. I mean, he's beaten big four players to get them. It wasn't like he cruised, right? Like Thomas Johansson's not going to be in the Hall of Fame because he won a Grand Slam. He, you know, <laughs> I don't know who he beat, but he didn't, you know, prove himself right outside of maybe in that one tournament. All right, so the podcast went a little long today, but that extra tidbit and any tweet from BG Tennis Nation is always a welcome tweet. Yes. Um. All right, you got anything else? I think that's it. Tweet us back. Tell us your opinion on it. Please. No, don't tell. I don't care about your opinion. <laughs> um, tell us how the best players were in the 1890. <laughs> <laughs> so if, uh, if you heard the woman in the middle, listen to her. Go to the website. Go to whatever it is. Stitcher. Yeah. SoundCloud. Maybe. Google Play. Possibly. Oh, he's got one. <laughs> uh, go to your Apple podcast app. Don't just download it. Don't you animals. Don't just download it subscribe stop being a piece of garbage and subscribe send the link to all your friends good god almighty quit making me work so hard uh which is basically cutting and copying <laughs> the link but whatever still it's a different world uh spread the word we are growing but as I always say we're not growing fast enough as good as this podcast is it should be growing way faster wow nothing okay uh <laughs> no i will comment. say by the way our last week i put in the in the in the little description not our best effort but hey, listen to it anyway. Maybe that's why our numbers dropped yeah, a little bit. That really motivated them to click on it. Oh, Lord. It's true, though. I'm not going to lie to the people. Uh, but yeah, do all those things. Get on all those different things. Also, get on your social media, Facebook fan page. Find that. Tennis Revolution Podcast. Twitter, 10SREV, at Tennis Rev. And no pictures to this date still. We're holding <laughs> firm with that. Still trying to maintain the quest to break the record of most instagram will go defunct before we put a picture up damn right so instagram tennis revolution pod and we don't still don't know if it's an at or a hashtag or who's he <laughs> wants it just instagram it you know us all right until next time thanks for joining the revolution bye guys still looking for a player to follow us <laughs>